This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be... That'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Uh, Eric on Wheels reports this, Jamie. You may have known this. I don't know if you have a calendar countdown starting yet, but 99 days until college baseball. Nice. I did not know that. Okay. Maybe Thank get you, you one of those. Get you one of those countdown deals. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe we can get you a countdown clock that uh, starts with days and hours and minutes and seconds. Think Coach Tadlock's got one of those in his office? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I probably, I'm going to guess no. Okay. He's always going to tell you, man, we, we, got, we need more time to get ready. I always feel like when I see those things, um, I feel like that um, I get sped up. Even like if it said like 99 days and hours, seconds, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I feel like I would be like become anxious. Like it would be, it would be sped up to the point where it would almost be like, I, I'd be being a frenzy. Okay. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's, but that's like just it me. would put pressure on you a little bit. Yeah. Right. You'd be feeling it. Yeah. I'd be feeling it. I mean, as opposed to, you know, okay, let's, let's go about this methodically, you know, and, you know, kind of eat the elephant one bite at a time. I'd try to try to eat the whole whole elephant, that'd right, be, right then, right then and there. That'd be bad. That'd be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gave you a tummy ache. <laughs> um, Mike reports that uh, uh, Pico is still playing. He's playing for the Ravens. Oh, I'm glad I know that. So he's still he's still cash and checks. Demata Pico. I just had I just had never heard of the guy. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean. Doesn't make him a bad person or anything like that. It just doesn't make you a bad Peter. Person. No, huh? Huh? No, just. Uh, Do you think his friends call him De Gallo ever? <laughs> I don't know. That's probably that could, could, could have, could, could have. Um. No, no surprise in the college football uh, rankings, right? I mean, no. You have uh, Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four. So no, no real surprise there. Tennessee is fifth at eight and one. Georgia sixth at eight and one. LSU seven and two ahead of USC. Alabama's seven and two. Clemson is now eight and one. Well, they went from four to ten. Jamie, that shows you what the college football playoff committee thought of them. Yeah, they were they were just like right there, and then mm-hmm. okay, lost, and then boom, Ole Miss is eleven, and then UCLA is twelve. And then uh, after that, it's it goes on down the line. I saw another article uh, last night or yesterday at some point in time that basically the thought is at this point in time, so we're here, this is week 10 of the college football season, only 11 schools still have a legitimate shot to make the college football playoff. 11. That doesn't seem like an only to me. I mean, this deep into the season? Do you think that's? Do you think I think that's a still. A still? Okay. You think Eleven teams still have a chance. Okay. Do you think that's a, a big number? A good number? I think it's a good number. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, what else would you expect? I mean, we're we're are we halfway through the NFL season? No. Do you think there's eleven teams that have a chance to make the Super Bowl? No. 
I mean, they all, I mean, almost all of them technically still do, but do they really? Right. No. Right. Uh, so here's so it would be hard to look at it and go, only 11, man, this, they're doing it all wrong. No, I mean, you're, you're three weeks from the regular season being over. Okay. That, that 11 seems like a good number to me. Do you disagree, Jeff? Does that? T- no, I don't disagree at all. Like, y- you could even push it back a little further even than 11. Like, but, honestly, I don't know that there are 11 teams that really have a chance. I, I guess they do. Let me give you some of the teams. Uh, UCLA is at 11. USC is at 10. Alabama's at 9. Uh, Alabama, I mean, they would at this point in time, I would think, have to win out, right? I mean, you're not going to have three losses and be in the college football playoff. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you know? but, but again, Alabama's lost two games against really good teams on mm-hmm. the road i mean are they good enough to win out sure they are yeah they're they're not uh, lsu is eight they too probably would have to win out um their probability is uh according to espn 5.8 percent uh oregon haven't really heard very much about oregon this year but mm-hmm. we know never... they got thumped at the beginning of the year and then they've just mm-hmm. done everything right since then they're eight and one uh tcu Obviously, they're in the top four right now. They're in the catbird seat. They still list Clemson as a shot. Eh, I don't think so. Uh, Tennessee. Well, obviously, it would take you know Herculean effort. Well, t- and teams collapsing in front of them. Do you think two? Do you think two um, Big Ten teams could make it? Like, do you think? Do you think Michigan has to beat Ohio State in order to to, to retain? Uh, a top four spot. And then Ohio State still stays in. I guess it's possible. Yeah. It's possible depending on what, you know, teams like Tennessee and TCU and those teams that are right outside the top four, what they do. Mm-hmm. That, you know, one loss, one close loss for either one of those schools, right? Mm-hmm. If Michigan and Ohio State played to a one-point game. And, uh, I mean, are, is, are you telling that one team that lost by one, pff, you don't deserve to be in the conversation anymore against the number two or number three team in the country you lost by one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I think they still seem to be worthy. Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, and that would depend on what TCU and Tennessee and Oregon, those teams that are right on the outside there, what they do. Yeah. 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 But I, I, it would just be – Interesting if two like if it if you had two Big Ten and two SEC schools that made it that would I don't that seems unlikely to me made the made the final four it's possible but yes I agree with you I think it's unlikely seems unlikely it's it's I mean it's more likely that just one of them would get two in yeah right mm-hmm. right and it almost seems like there's I don't know why maybe it's just recency bias. Seems to me like the SEC would be more likely to get two in than sure. than the Big Ten. Sure. Than the, than the Big Ten would. I mean, the he- heck, you got three teams from the Pac-12 that are hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would upset the college football world. That really bit. would. That that uh, <laughs> that really would. Anyway, just uh, just a, a thought on that. Uh, man, the sounds like the Buffalo Bills are a little wonky at QB right now. Um, there doesn't I don't I don't get the impression that Josh Allen's going to play this week. Although it sounds like they're trying to extend the runway as much as they can, 
the Bills coach, Sean McDermott, says, um, we're still going through it. We're still evaluating it. I'll know more in the next 24 hours. A report on Monday said that uh, Allen could be limited in practice all week long. Uh, the injury is called more of an ailment than anything serious. It's a problem with his arm. Throwing. Which is kind of necessary for a quarterback. Yeah, his throwing arm. It's not mm-hmm. one of those deals, which one? I mean, it's obvious which one. <clears throat> his throwing arm, which would be his right. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and look, teams have, su- teams have su- survived. If it's anything like he played last week, he'd be better taking a few weeks off. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get it, rest it, and see if you can kind of milk your way through it. Uh, I mean, the Bills are 6-2. and two, And look, I mean... Regardless uh, of what happens over the next couple of weeks, if you got a couple of weeks off and you get him back in week eleven, let's say, and I'm not sure where their buy falls in all of this, you know, um, they've already, well, they've already had one. They've already had one. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, let's say he takes a couple of games off and they split. They're still, I mean, they're still going to make the playoffs, and a, a somewhat healthy Josh Allen is better than one that limps into it. Agreed. I mean, it's not ideal, but you, mm-hmm. he's got to be healthy for them to be any good in the postseason. Yeah. Whether you're playing at home or on the road, I mean, whether you home field advantage, not all of that. Whether you get the first round by, you got to get him right or you have no shot. Yeah. 6.40 this morning on the morning drive. We'll uh, get this day in sports history next, along with our secret word of the day. That's all coming up. Your chance to win $10,000 a week from Friday. Courtesy of Double T 97.3 and the Home Zone, where they make your house a home. You uh, listen for the secret word, go to Double T 97.3.com, enter it in, and then you sit by your computer and wait anxiously for an email from Jamie Lynn. Right? Won't happen until Monday. You're listening to the Morning Drive Podcast from Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. And also bringing some humor to your day. Was it pretty big? Yeah. I mean, it was impressive? It was, yeah. Was it fascinating? It was. I thought it was fascinating. It kind of smelled, but I mean. <laughs> Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Check the old calendar this morning, and it says November the 9th, 2022. Here is Jeff McGuire with This Day in Sports History. We'll see if uh, November 9 was better than November 8, which was uh, a lackluster day in sports history. But you presented it well, Jeff. Yes. I tried. Yes. yes you, it wasn't This Day in Sports History was yeah. bad. It was the that day. Yeah, the yeah. history of that day. Yeah, history and, of that. and let's be fair. You've got limited NFL action because they only play one day a week. So you're trying to catch a random day where there's a good NFL game. Mm-hmm. College basketball season has started. But generally hadn't started. Hadn't has anybody played anybody yet? Not really. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any like big college basketball. Olympics are over at this point. Baseball season is over at this point. It's kind of the... I bet you the folks in Norman are saying they've played somebody good yet. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you so too. Yeah. Maybe the, the Frog so fans are saying Pine Bluff is a future Final Four team. Well, it's another similar day to mm-hmm. what yesterday was. But 1953, Supreme Court rules Major League Baseball's exempt from the antitrust laws. Oh, we had the NFL exempt yesterday. I, I imagine in the next couple, couple of days we'll have the NBA has been in, uh, labeled as exempt. National the National Ping Pong League as well. Right. 
Oh, okay. The ping pong league. 1965, Willie Mays is named the NL MVP. By the way, there's a ping pong table in the uh, front lobby over at football, and I've been... It's just... It looks so... Don't. Don't do it. I know. It just... It's just... It's tantalizing. It's teasing me. It's... It just makes me want to pick up a paddle and play somebody. Mm. Okay. Good luck. I know. I know. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's just... You know how it's, when it's right there, it's kind of like the beach is right there. You just kind of feel like, I wonder if I could play a game with somebody. Mm-hmm. You should ask Coach McGuire if he's doing anything. <laughs> he's got any free time? Funny guy. Like maybe you guys could play for your, your gold jacket. Blue. Gold and blue. Yeah, my blue jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chuck Hines, nice to meet you. I need that jacket. Oh, you like it? It looks good, man. Yeah. Here's my business card. You can have that. All right. Thank you. Okay. Let me know how I can help. I will. That was a year ago yesterday. And, I, and ironically, and I didn't plan it this way, but I wore that jacket yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, speaking of, of that moment, I'm sorry to hijack, Jeff. Uh, David Collier was the one who videotaped yeah. that, our, yeah. our favorite TV superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Collier was at the Friendship Girls basketball game last night, as was I. And Christopher Sneed was was refing refing the game. Oh my god! And uh, Mr. Collier started a uh, uh, a group chat with the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chris got, I'm sure, got back back to the locker room to about a I don't know 35 40 text exchange <laughs> with criticism of his officiating. <laughs> With his sourness, uh, his sourness will be here at, uh, at one, the end of the day. At one point, the ball got stuck between the rim and the backboard, which you don't see very often. And uh-huh. we were just, we were, we were puzzled why Snead just didn't jump up there and tip it out. Oh yeah, it, right. it took him three tosses of a basketball to get it down. <laughs> and at that point, we were jeering him. Mm. <laughs> Going to be a fun bottom line today. Can't wait. Uh, Nineteen eighty-two. Brewers Robin Robin Yount wins the AL MVP unanimously. He had a great year that year. Also in 82, Sugar Ray Leonard retires for the first time. Okay. He'd have a couple more. 1991, Houston's Roman Anderson is the first NCAA kicker to kick 400 points. That's a lot. And in 1996, Vander Holyfield upsets Mike Tyson in the 11th round with a knockout in in Las Vegas to regain the WBA heavyweight boxing title. He is the second boxer after Muhammad Ali to win a heavyweight title three different times. Is this before or after the year? I think this is after. Well, the the year was a TKO. Okay. Um, No, it was a disqualification. So this was a knockout. So this was before the year. Okay. It is National Greek Yogurt Day. Completely out. I'm not a yogurt guy. The the smell of it just it just turns my stomach. I'm just not a. It's a a yogurt. It's a texture thing for me. Yeah, Yeah. both of those things. The smell doesn't bother me, but the texture does. I never get to the texture because the smell bothers me so much. I wish I did, because I feel like it's decently healthy and all that good stuff, and I just can't get myself to do it. Happy birthday to Eric Dane, who's 50. Chris Jericho, 52. Nick and Vanessa Lachey, both celebrating birthdays today. Mm. Nick is 49. Vanessa is 42. 
Uh, Adam Dunn is 43. Owen Daniels is 40. And Lou Ferrigno is 71. The Hulk. The Hulk. Very Se- good, he's gentlemen. Only 71? Only 71. Seems like he should be older than that. Well, he was at peak physical condition, and he's not in bad shape either. Let's right. make this clear. But he was at peak physical condition back in the 70s. So I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he was relatively young then. Probably so, yeah. That makes sense. So uh, don't make him angry today on his birthday. <laughs> I'm just... Today of all days, don't make him angry on his birthday. And as much fun as we have had through the course of this, uh, 1938, not, not a good day. In an event that would uh, foreshadow... What would become the Holocaust? German Nazis launch a campaign of terror against the Jewish people and their homes and businesses in Germany, Germany and Austria. Mm. The violence, which continued throughout November 10th and was later dubbed Kushnot, or Night of the Broken Glass, after the countless smashed windows of Jewish-owned establishments left approximately 100 Jews dead, 7,500 Jewish business uh, businesses damaged, and hundreds of synagogues, homes, schools, and graveyards vandalized. Mm. And that is this day in sports history. <laughs> All right, time for our secret word. If you're tired of contests that you can't win, hey, here's one that we think that you can win. All you have to do is uh, take the little secret word, go to double T973.com, enter it in. And then wait for Jamie's email on Monday that says you are qualified to be there a week from Friday when we give away $10,000 to someone, okay? Mm -hmm. And it might as well be you, right? Your secret word at 653 on this ninth day of November, year of our Lord 2022, is Huskies. Huskies. Like as in the Connecticut Huskies. H-U-S-K-I-E-S. We're not going to make you spell Connecticut. But Huskies, or Washington, the Washington Huskies, right? I think it's Washington. I think we're cruising through the Pac-12 right now, aren't we? Kind of looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Huskies. (laughs) H-U-S-K-I-E-S. All right, so Double T-97.3 in the home zone. Proud to award somebody $10,000 in real money. Not Monopoly money, real money. give Give you a check. It will work. You can go put it in your bank and then spend it all you want. Nice. From Double T-97.3 in the home zone where they make your house a home. Uh, yesterday, you asked for something to occur on November the 8th so that we could have something in the future on November the 8th. Yes. Okay, so next year, November the 8th, 2023, you will report to us this, that uh, the Georgetown Hoyas, whom will be in Lubbock later on this year, Won a 99-89 to 89 overtime win over Coppin State. Patrick Ewing's squad had not won a game in 328 days. Okay. It snaps a 21-game losing streak. How about that? It's a bad stretch. <laughs> it's a bad stretch, yes. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That was uh, that's a little nugget there for this day in sports history. Uh, just before seven this morning on the morning drive, take your thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t dot com or the double t ninety seven three mobile app. It's uh, presented by Happy State Bank. 
getting your sports day started the right way. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, breaking down the biggest games. If Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 Football Conference, who are you rooting for to win the conference if Tech does not win it this year? Well, busting some chops along the way. I hold back on sending you stuff. I mean, I'm very, very, very judicious. We spend three hours a day, five right? days a week together. Why yeah. do, Why would yeah. we need to communicate during the weekends? <laughs> right. Save we it for the show. We, yeah, we, save, we do. We save it for the show. Tune into the Morning Drive live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We take you till 9 this morning. Then if you so choose, you can uh, stay here with Dan Patrick at 9 o'clock or shift to 100.7 The Score and uh, continued entertainment from uh, Jeff Haxton and Choice Woodman. Uh, at uh, high noon, it's the bottom line with uh, Mr. Uh, Clint Scott and Chris Sneed. Then uh, Jamie takes over at 1 o'clock with... Uh, Mr. Scott, he's got all these little nicknames for you guys. Captain Sneederoo and a little crouton for you. And he's he's got a variety of kind of tricks in his bag, doesn't he? He's a nickname guy. That's he's, for he's a nickname. And he comes up with them on the fly. He's on pretty, the, on the pretty fly. good at that. Pretty talented, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, very talented. So I uh, look forward to hearing uh, from Clint later yeah, on today. But only little crouton has stuck. He changes through the others so fast that yeah. they don't ever get a chance to stick. Yeah. Well, he's just throwing it against the wall to see if anything sticks there. So is he good at nicknames, or did you just come up with a bunch of them? I, think, I, I don't know. I think he's I think he's good at them. Uh, we'll have the high school fan zone tonight at 7. Coaches from uh, Friendship and Lubbock Cooper. Boy, the pressure will be on those uh, two coaches this week as they uh, have uh, playoff games. And it's good pressure. It's, it's the kind of pressure you want if you're – a head coach of anything because you're you're in the playoffs you're in postseason and you get to do the extra preparations and you know i think uh you know it's like everybody and i think everybody is on heightened awareness it's like the cheerleaders the signs are are done extra crisply okay you get you get fresh paint okay make sure the lockers are decorated with with the proper amount of m&ms or whatever it is that uh each particular player likes the um, the band is tuned up, ready to go. You know, sh- polishing their horns. You know, sharpening up the fight song. All those things. Everybody is, you know, everybody's even the you know the laundry is done so that the uniforms are extra bright. Okay, everything is everything is top drawer. Right. Okay. So we'll have uh, coaches on from uh, Lovett Cooper and Friendship tonight. Starting with Friendship at uh, seven. The uh, Lovett Cooper Pirates take on El Paso Bel Air at the Pirates' place. Uh, it'll be a 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock kick. And then for Friendship, it's a 5 o'clock airtime and a 5.30 kick from Tiger Stadium as they take on El Paso Eastlake. All right? All right. Uh, so look forward to that. And, of course, so, we... So it's, um, it's a hate El Paso week here in Lubbock. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's a hate El Paso week. Uh-oh, Snederoo. Oh, Captain Snederoo. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if Hanks is in it or not. But They're not in one of those games, though. So. They're not one of those they games. They may be rivals of Hanks, right. so Snead sure. may be you know, pulling for the Lubbock pull, schools, too. Yeah, he'll pull, he'll pull for uh, Lubbock Cooper. Um, and uh, probably friendship. I, I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, we'll have uh, Optimum Game Day Live Saturday morning at 7. Uh, it's presented by United Supermarkets as uh, we get you ready for Tech and KU. 
on Saturday. The kick is at 6 from Jones Stadium. Can I can I read this uh, chat mm-hmm. off the Yates sure. Flooring Center, Center chat line to you that just makes me sad? said, how about we put on red and black and go to the game and be rowdy and loud for the team, and that will fire up players more than tricked-out stadium colors. These are comments that you hear when your team's losing. Oh, yeah. And these are, I mean, the football team and the decision to stripe a stadium or promote which color to wear, red or black, they're completely separate. They have nothing to do with each other. And it doesn't affect, you know, the fan base and the marketing department and whatever, ticket office, sports information, folks. They don't affect whether the football team wins or loses. But anything, when you're frustrated as a fan, when you're disappointed as a fan, you're out on everything. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to yeah. hear the talk. I don't want to hear gimmicks. I just, don't want to hear tricked out stage. Just, just win, baby. Just just win. That's yeah. that's really yeah. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad to me that, um, I mean, we were living in this um, this world of everything was rosy in the off season, right? And <laughs> yeah. Everything is great. And this it's not is quite a, so rosy right yeah, now. Yeah, and I think there are so many Red Raider fans right now that are, you know, fed up. And mm-hmm. again, like. I'm not fed, fed up. I think they're fed up with certain things, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, those... Frustrated. Like, frustrated. Yeah, frustrated. Yeah, fed up with certain things, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just think that... Fed up know, with going on first down, fourth down, going forward. No, you fourth. can go on first down, that's I'm good. At, I'm yeah. at fourth, I'm at fourth. <laughs> <laughs> we should go on first, don't punt, okay. or kick a field goal. Yeah. Um, Apparently, we've done second and third in Fort Worth now. Why not a first? Well, <laughs> according to some, but it really was fourth down. I'm okay I kicking it. it on the first down I'm if not it's the last the three seconds staff. of the game to win it. That's yeah. You, yeah. you can yeah. kick it then. You don't yeah. have to try to go for yeah. it there. Yeah, that was not on the coaching staff. So, uh, I don't know. It just it just makes me sad because we were all so happy and joyous and everybody Giddy. said it. And everybody said, hey, you know, I know it's first year and I'm not going to – you know, I'm not going to lose my mind over, a, you know, a five and seven season or mm-hmm. a six and six season. We're going mean, to take steps in the right direction. He's clearly recruiting really, really well. And the future is going to be bright. And and there are folks that are not feeling that right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here is uh, Coach Joy McGuire. Um, I'm going to do this one first. He's, they're not changing what they're doing during the games. They're keeping basically the message the same. You know, I, I'm one of these guys, like, I really try to stick to, like, the messages that we we believe in and really not because you can have a different message every single week and then you've got a bunch of players going, okay, well, what's the message? Like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Are we? Um, but it is one thing, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, I, I mean, Don brought it up last week, and it was a great point um, after the game of how we've played in the fourth quarter in, against Oklahoma State and K-State, uh, TCU, and Baylor. And so I definitely it's something that we – and we talked about it yesterday. Um, it's something that we talk about in our position meetings, in the team meeting, in unit meetings, uh, and throughout practice, you know, especially what you do whenever you start talking about the fourth quarter is you try to find something at the end of practice um, to really address – you know, when they are tired at the end of practice and, and they're in those situations of, um, you know, sudden change, 
Um, you know, and it's something that uh, we'll do this week to try to prep and, and get ready for the fourth quarter because this game's going to come down to that too. I mean, they're a good football team. They played well on the road, um, went into a, a tough place in West Virginia. West Virginia is a tough place to play on the road and, and beat West Virginia. And so, um, you know, they, they, it'll be a fourth quarter game. Well, it's a fourth quarter game. I mean, obviously you have to play all four, but uh, you need to finish strong. That's the problem. You haven't won enough of those, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did early on in the season with Houston and Texas win mm-hmm. some of those, but it's been a while since we've taken one of those 50-50 games. Yeah. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line, it'd be nice to have some immediate success. We're always wait- waiting. Uh, the cake is a burnt fossil now. <laughs> burnt fossil. Uh, this, I'm going to disagree with Jamie. I, gr- I speak with fellow tech fans every day, and I don't sense a group of fed-up fans at all. I, I I have the the large majority of my friends are not out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just saying some are. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, I mean, the large majority of my, even if they don't agree with everything that Joey McGuire and the coaching staff does, mm-hmm. they're not out. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, think I, I don't think there's a large majority. No. I just think there are some, and that's what I was saying. It's sad that there are some. It's sad that there are some. I yep. still think there's a lot of excitement. I think there are more. I mean, there are more that have added to that group unfortunately but i don't think the majority is anywhere close to that uh this we love the quote aggressiveness when it won us a home game against texas yeah uh this gentleman no, no, no not everybody did yeah jamie pointed that out not everybody did so i asked chuck the question was it sustainable it, was did. that style mm-hmm. of coaching you sustainable did. of style of play i i continue to say there has to be more than just a book. There has to be a feel. There has to be, you know, like baseball coaches use analytics, but they also go with their gut at times, whether it's the right decision or not. You just can't go by the book every time. And I, I don't know. I just think that's something that, that needs to be considered a little bit more. Your morning blend of sports. K-State is uh, coming off a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, the Red Raiders off their 37-34 overtime win over number 22 Texas and humor. Sure to tell them that you you suggested that, <laughs> and of course they got a big laugh. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Catch the show live weekdays from six to nine on Double T ninety seven three FM or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. Jamie's question of the day on Double T ninety seven three is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. Okay, what you got for us? All right, yesterday I want Red Raider basketball, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to Red Raider football for today's question of the day. Again, it's it's a pretty simple one, one we've, we've gotten to before. but uh, And you, you can't say the quarterback has to play well, but what's the one player in that, in your mind, if mm-hmm. you're going to have a chance on Saturday to win? Make an impact. Yeah, who's the guy that has to play really, really well? Hmm. <clears throat> You know, I'd I'd like to say Tyree Wilson, but I mean everybody's trying to double him up right now, so it kind of takes him out. So it's almost the player that has to step up as a result of that. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two. Can I give you two players? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I kind of take Tyree Wilson out of this because we just expect him to be good, right? Yeah. And so it's like sure. who's got to step up? Who's got to take it to a different level? I, I mean, he's already terrific. I think you got to have, and and he left the game with an injury. Uh, Tony Bradford. Okay. 
And then I would he's also... A, he's one of your run stoppers, so yeah. that's a key factor in the game. And then I would say Krishan Merriweather and his ability to tackle. Okay. I'm going to give you two, but only because they play the same position. And we're going to go both your starting running backs. Okay. Um, if this is going to be a fourth quarter game, those, those guys need to own it. And, and they need to own the whole game and, and really can keep Tech having control of the football. And part of this is also the offensive coordinator calling for these guys to get the ball. But this is not a game, I think, that if it's in a, if a fourth quarter situation, if you're pounding it, in the if you're running the ball and controlling it and keeping Kansas off the field, not saying that they have the, this prolific offense, but you can't score if you don't have the ball. So let's not give them the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm having a hard time coming up with a name. I'm just having. I'm just going to go to a position. I don't care who it is. Somebody's got to step up at the wide receiver position. I mean, Miles Price is. I mean, is has been an afterthought. I mean, I had a big drop early on in the game last mm -hmm. week, uh, and on a ball that that you felt like should have been caught. Um, I don't feel like we're getting him involved in routes that um, really play to his strengths. Um, obviously your, your injuries to your, your couple of your, your big outside receivers really hurt. And then Cleveland not being there at all because of his injury was a big factor. So whether it's Sparkman or it's Cleveland or it's Price or, or Xavier White, we've gone away from Xavier White now. I, don't, I mean, he's not, yeah. he was really toting the load for us and now he's gone away. I mean, we got to have a receiver have a big game for us. Because uh, it feels like this is going to be a high-scoring game, and so I, I, you guys went defense, and I totally get that, and especially guys that could stop the run, as as a big factor. I'm sorry, you went running back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, right. I, Chuck, went, I went. Yeah, defense. Chuck went defense, and I totally get mm -hmm. that. Um, uh, having a really good ground game in this one might might help, and I don't know. Are you are you trying to keep Kansas's offense off the field with? Kind of shortening the game a little bit. Run game would help that a little bit. It's kind of hard to imagine that you're doing that when you're wanting to play with pace yourself. Um, but I just think you got to get something going in the passing game. Some of these receivers have to step up. I, I know we've had ups and downs with our quarterbacks. I think that's totally fair. But I I just feel like the, the receivers have been underwhelming this year. And and to me, you got to get somebody to step up. Okay, so let me and maybe you could say, well, the receivers have been underwhelming because the quarterbacks haven't been great at times. Okay, that's fair to say. Well, maybe you could say, well, the quarterbacks haven't been great at times because the offensive line hasn't given them a lot of protection at times. Oh, okay, that's fair. I'd also so, say that so it's like this. Your quarterbacks have been underwhelming because your wide receivers have dropped an awful lot of balls this year. So it's this vicious little circle. Or they haven't done a good job of getting open. So let me give you a couple of things here to be. What, going back to what you just talked about, the receivers and the opportunity. KU opponents have um, 124 first downs against the Jayhawks this year, uh, passing-wise. KU has 92. KU, from a, a passing, uh, what they've given up uh, per game, average per game, 280 yards per ball game. Passing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their defense is not good. No. I mean... Um, 15, 15 touchdowns. Uh, the other thing is, talking about sustainability, uh, third downs so far this year, while KU is 55 of 105, 52%, opponents are 64 of 137, 47%. So 
And then opponents are 14 to 21 on fourth down against uh, against KU this year. So there's there's lots of lots of opportunities. KU has intercepted the ball 11 times this year, and their quarterbacks have only been intercepted four times. So keep that in mind too. But but KU opponents have attempted 102 more passes than KU has. Um, so there's there's that as well. They haven't necessarily thrown the ball as as much, although they do have 22 uh, passing touchdowns on the season, and their opponents only 15. So I mean, there's there's times with the de- but you also have to kind of consider where they've kind of <laughs> look. They 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 piled up some victories early on um, against Tennessee Tech. They they did win at West Virginia, and that and they did win at Houston, 48 to 30, beat Duke beat Iowa State, and then they had three straight losses before uh, beating Oklahoma State this past weekend, uh, rather soundly, 37-16. to 16. But, you know, as we talked about the other day, Oklahoma State started, you know, a freshman at quarterback, and he got picked off a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So that, that certainly helped them get to that lead. And then they had, you know, Devin Neal that had one of the, one of the all-time big games uh, for them, you know, in terms of receiving and and. And and uh, and running the ball, both over 200 yards rushing and over 100 yards receiving. So, and going back to what you said about uh, Xavier White, yeah, I'm really curious. In the in the TCU game, he was targeted six times. He had two receptions for seven yards. I don't. I mean, I guess one of the questions that I would have, and you can help me out in remembering which game was which, but. I mean, the Texas game, you use the tight ends really, really well, right? Mm-hmm. All three were involved. I think two of them had touchdowns, if I remember correctly. Maybe just one. I know Cup did, and Tharp had that great catch near the goal line. I mean, it's just, you used them, and then they went away, okay? it's So it's like, okay, we got something good going here, and then they were gone. And Xavier White had stepped up, and we remember we were like, "Oh, Miles Price is coming back." Well, it doesn't really matter. Xavier White's killing it. Sure, he's, right. He's he's grabbed out of that spot, and we're just going to roll with Xavier White. Now he's gone away. I mean, I mean, you'd like to think you're, hey, we found something that's working. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to use that, and we're going to build on it. But it's like one step forward, one step back with the offense this year. And and again, I, I get it when you're quarterbacks are struggling or when your offensive line is struggling it affects everything it does yeah okay and those receivers are 100 percent affected by that but you've heard numerous times analysts talk about how there's just not a lot of separation with the receivers but then you know you've also seen games where like for example when baron was struggling so badly against baylor where it looked like there's no separation and then you actually see the video and you see oh there's receivers running wide wide open all over in the middle of the field that Baron's not seeing. And so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's somebody on the chat line says Kitley has to come up big this week. And, and, and I think it's, you know, his offense has to get going. There, there's no, no way around that. And I'm sure that Coach Kitley would tell you the same thing. Hey, we got we to gotta be better than we were for most of that TCU game. Uh, Tyler says this, forget about how – Forget a player. How about a unit? Uh, speaking about what you've been just speaking about, that old line needs to play better. Can't get anything done if we don't have the blocking. 
Uh, Red Raider two guns. The two running backs run the damn ball. Uh, Johanna asks, where have our giant tight ends been? I want to see one of them get the ball and run some defenders over like Jason Morrow used to. Yeah, just how about, you know, get them, get them the ball. Um, somebody else points out Josiah Pierre um, because what you talked about earlier, um, it will affect KU doubling up Tyree Wilson. And so if uh, Josiah has a big game, okay? Yeah, it's a lot of questions. A lot, a lot of questions. And, you know, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, man, could you get through a game with the same quarterback? Because I, I think we all feel like with the way that that game was going Saturday, if Baron Morton doesn't get hurt, you beat TCU. And then TCU is a non-factor in the college football playoff. I mean, Maybe. I don't know that I don't. You're gonna sit here and guarantee that though, right? No, I can't, you can't guarantee anything, but it yeah. certainly would have felt pretty good about it, based on the game was going. Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Catch the show live weekdays from six to nine on Double T ninety seven three FM or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. Nice to have you with us. It is Wednesday. It's the day the work gets done. Football season is slipping away from us. Uh, just three games left, but uh, two of the three are at home as uh, Texas Tech will entertain Kansas on Saturday. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us this morning from the First United Bank Double T 97.3 studio. We are the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t 97.3.com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. Uh, somebody asked this question, and I'm, I'm assuming it's Sonny Dykes, not Cumbie. <laughs> is it fair to say Sonny is a better coach than what Tech Administration thought? I don't think it's fair to necessarily um, compare these two situations. Maybe it is, um, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, if Sonny Dykes were here, you'd be 9-0. and I think he inherited a better team than what Joey McGuire inherited. I think on both sides of the ball, just a little bit more complete. I mean, I mean, I think a major difference between the two teams is the fact that they they have four of their five starters were returning along the offensive mm-hmm. line, and then you bring in a grad transfer that has worked out uh, well for you at, at uh, or maybe it wasn't a grad transfer, but a transfer from SMU uh, that's worked out really well. And then your quarterback, who didn't even start the year as the quarterback, but I mean, quickly took over the spot and is a veteran has has um has been terrific. I mean, he's played his best season. Um, you know, you had I think your cupboard was pretty full on the defensive side of the ball here, mm-hmm. and I think we've seen that and mm-hmm. that's not to take away anything from coach DeRuder cuz I think coach DeRuder's done a terrific job and I think he man, I I worry about teams coming after him in the off season, so I'm I'm hoping that hope he's happy here, right? I hope he's happy here and I hope that the uh, we're able to make him a priority this mm-hmm. off season cuz I think he's done a wonderful job. I want to keep that continuity going, but clearly on the offensive side of the ball with with the offensive line and all that, you haven't had um, coming back what what TCU has had. And I think Coach Dykes has obviously done a terrific job, a fantastic job. Okay, anytime you make a coaching change, you almost always expect to take a little bit of a step back just from a new regime, a new scheme, new way of doing things, changing the culture, all all the above. Um, and they haven't done that. Instead, they've taken it to to a new level. And I think Garrett Riley deserves a lot of credit for that mm-hmm. with their offensive staff as well. 
So, you know, kudos to him for doing doing a great job as well. But, I, I mean, as I said last week when we were asked the question, is this the luckiest team in the conference or the best team in the conference? I think it's both. I think at this point it's both. I mean, they have had some terrific breaks go their way, including your quarterback right. that again got hurt on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. While I'm not with Chuck, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're winning that game if Baron Morton's healthy. I feel better about your offense if he was healthy. Yeah. I mean, I think the game was tied. I don't know how, how you can go, oh, we're winning that game if he stays healthy. Well, I mean, I just, okay. I mean, I, I'm not sitting here saying that I don't, it's not a guarantee. I just feel like that you maybe had a better chance. I felt, I felt, well, you definitely had a better yeah, chance. There's felt, no question. But like, again, they also lost their starting receiver, who is probably their most talented player. Mm-hmm. And they were well. able to overcome that. And they were able to overcome that. But yeah. the, with all the injuries that they have faced at the quarterback position, I mean, it's it's like, I mean, they are I'm getting every break possible. And again, I think they're the best team in the conference. They, have, they find a way. Okay? They've been down. They don't give in. They come back. Um... You know, defense makes plays when when it needs to, like it did against the Red Raiders all day long. And you know, the special teams helped them out. Whatever, it's just uh, you got you got to give them credit where credit is due. And so, um, I do think they've had lots of breaks and all that. And uh, but I think they're a good football team, and and they've proven that over and over again. So, um, I still don't think they're going to end up going undefeated. Uh, well, I'm anxious to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I don't care who's playing them, but I'm definitely rooting against sure, that. Sure, right. <laughs> okay. Right. I mean, Satan himself lines up at quarterback for whoever. I'm, mm-hmm. Let's go, Satan. Let's go, Brad. Yeah, let's go, Satan. <laughs> Satan, power. Um, but, uh, yeah, just uh, I don't I'm, – I'm with you. I mean, I don't think if Coach Dykes had come here, we'd be 9-0. and Yeah. I mean, the, the difference in the – the cupboard is clearly different. I mean, how many times have you said before, if you don't have a good offensive line, everything's like, going to be a struggle. I feel like we've said that for the last six or seven years. Yeah, and that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think but that's, that's going to get changed. Okay, so, and I do look at TCU, and I think I read somewhere the other day, 31 seniors or whatever, okay? So clearly he was coming into a veteran team, mm-hmm. all that. I think Joey McGuire has proven that he's a better recruiter. We've always already seen him do a great job there. So in the short-term success for TCU, Coach Dykes is doing a terrific job and all that. I'm confident in the long-term success of Texas Tech because I think Joey McGuire is going to be able to recruit. Yeah. and first Better players and, make better coaches. Right, right. First and foremost, man, we, we got the trenches, both sides of the ball. I mean, we got to add depth there. we got, we got to get better on the offensive line. And, yes, you have some talented players on the defensive line, but you need more of them. But – you just you got to get better on the offensive line. Some of those guys are going to be leaving too pretty soon. Or, yeah, or yeah the, no have, question. Have the opportunity to leave. All right, so l- let me ask you this before we before I get some stuff from from the Eight Twenty Center chat line. TCU's the best. Who's the second best team in the conference? Because you have Texas at four and two, Baylor at four and two, K State at four and two, then KU at three and three, Oklahoma State at three and three, and then all of those teams are six and three overall. So of the four and two squads, Texas, Baylor, and K State. Which would you say is has got the best chance maybe to play TCU in the Big 12 title game? I think Kansas State's a better football team with Will Howard as their quarterback, so I'm not going to pick them because they're back with Adrian Martinez. Okay. Okay, and that cost them this past week where they 
you know, kicked it around for, I don't know, about two quarters before they finally showed up and made it a game. Uh, Baylor, of those three, uh, feels like they may be playing their best football right now. Mm -hmm. But I think Texas, I, I mean, has a lot of potential. I just think Baylor's more consistent. TCU and Texas play this weekend. Uh, they'll play in Austin. It's a six thirty kick. Uh, Texas is uh, six and three. TCU nine and zero. Baylor and K State played this week. Both those teams are six and three. So it, it, you could settle some of the score this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State play. Uh, Oklahoma State's six and three already. Iowa State's trying to get to be bowl eligible. They're four and five. I uh, don't know the status of uh, Spencer Sanders. Um, and then uh, Oklahoma travels to Morgantown. They're five and four. <laughs> I think that'll be a good game. <laughs> you know, you look at this and go, wow, Oklahoma's still trying to get bowl eligible in the 10th week of the season. We all predicted that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that 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 might be a fun game for the OU and West Virginia. We'll see though. Maybe West Virginia has just just packed it in. Because if they have in that home game, you can just pretty much say bye bye to Neil Brown. Uh, somebody says thank you, Jamie. Well said. Uh, somebody else says, uh, "Isn't UT the equivalent to the Antichrist?" That's a question, not a statement. <laughs> I think it's a statement. See, so, I, I mean, I've, I think I've told you guys this many times before. I dislike TC way more than I dislike Texas and or A and M right now. Okay, it's not always been that way, but it's that way right now. So what they're saying is, so technically, TCU is playing Satan this weekend, in which I will be rooting for Satan on Saturday. Okay, there you go. Okay, All so right, that, well uh, said. So well that's, said. That's that's, that's the there point. They were they were backing up your point there. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so to root for Satan. Yes. It's to root for Texas this weekend. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.